0: Thanks for tuning in to the Happiness Playbook, a podcast that supports your practice of play theory, a life strategy that helps you experience happiness through hope, creativity, and validation of self and others. This is part two of an idea we shared in last week's episode, where we asked the question, is anxiety a good thing? I'm your host, Larie Florence, and in this episode... 104 of the happiness playbook we're continuing our conversation about anxiety but before that it's time for our team huddle i love hearing from you about the experiences you're having practicing play theory thank you for taking the time to share feedback and letting us know what you think about the ideas that we're sharing from ethan he commented on our instagram page I really liked this episode. I felt it was very applicable and helped open my mind to ways I can benefit from my anxiety. From sleepy mom to six, this was such a powerful episode. I love how you reframed feelings of stress and anxiety. It's okay to be uncomfortable, and sometimes it helps us do better than we would without that extra pressure. So Thank you both. Ethan, and Sleepy Mum, for commenting. It really helps me keep going. I appreciate that. So j- let's jump right into our play-by-play. To review, last week we explored how anxiety can be a good thing. It can alert us to dangers and help us overcome challenges and achieve our goals. I referenced an article in the Wall Street Journal by Dr. Tracy Dennis-Tawari, a professor of psychology and neuroscience who has written a book called Future Tense, Why Anxiety is Good for You, Even Though It Feels Bad. Please, if you haven't already, go back and listen to episode 103 before we dive deeper into the benefits of anxiety and explore how we can change the negative emotions behind anxiety to something positive. Step 1 When you're feeling anxious, be present with the uncomfortable feeling and instead of trying to ignore it, run from it, or drown it out, listen to the message you're sending yourself via the feelings you're feeling. Remember back in episode 98 when we talked about how in order to get somewhere, you have to start where you're at Sitting with the negative emotion is the first step to figuring out what's causing it. All right, the next step is to identify the source of the anxious feeling. Is it an upcoming test that you need to prepare for? Is it a fear about a relationship not meeting your expectations? Maybe it's some deep trauma you're hanging on to at a subconscious level. If you really can't identify the source, Ask for some help from a professional trained in trauma therapy. You can also try EFT tapping therapy to help lessen your anxiety if you don't know what's causing it. EFT tapping or emotional freedom technique is a therapeutic intervention that combines both cognitive and physical elements. It's a proven effective way to reduce anxiety symptoms such as excess worry, irritability, rumination, sleeping difficulties, and difficulty concentrating. EFT tapping balances the body's energy and decreases negative feelings. I'll put a link in the show notes for an EFT tapping session that you can try to help with anxious feelings. It takes about 10 minutes or less. Let me know if you try it. I'd love to know how it went for you. So back to our steps on how to improve our relationship with anxiety. The third step, if you can, identify the source of your anxiety. Then make a plan to take action. Taking action is a powerful tool to overcome anxious feelings. So study for that class. Send a text that strengthens that relationship you're worried about or invest time in your personal development so you'll be more likely to have a positive outcome in developing relationships with others. Here's some additional ways that you can diffuse the negative feeling of anxiety and reframe it in a positive light. Maybe you are feeling anxious about a test you've taken because you want a good grade and you don't know what the outcome is. You're feeling anxious about the results. Can you reframe that anxiety? Can you think instead of feeling anxious, you're feeling curious about the results or that you're anticipating the results, even anxiously awaiting the results? See how that's different than anxiety? Then when you do get the test results, if they don't meet your expectations, Can you accept that and ask what you can learn from the situation? Maybe it's humility. Maybe it's empathy. Maybe you'll learn that your study habits were terrible and that you need to come up with a better plan. Maybe you'll gain the invaluable insight that whatever the test was on is not interesting to you, and that means you're one step closer to knowing what your real passion in life is. Knowing that you'll continue to have the power to take action despite whatever results you get on the test, will help diffuse the anxious feelings. Maybe you're anxious about your grades in general. Instead of stuffing that feeling under a binge session on Netflix, try accepting the anxious feeling as a reminder that you need to crack open that textbook and get started on the assigned reading for the week. Maybe you're anxious about your health. Maybe you know someone with cancer, which is a terrible, terrible disease. Instead of not being present with where you are and focusing instead on negative future possible scenarios like getting a terrible diagnosis, every time that scratchy, unpleasant what-if thought comes into your mind, can you reframe it as a reminder to reach for that carrot with hummus instead of the bag of highly processed low-fiber snacks? For my health journey, when I'm laying in bed at night and that terrible thought of what if crosses my mind, remembering that I took the time to get the recommended exercise for the day and that I ate plenty of greens and fresh fruit helps to douse the flames of anxiety that can quickly get out of control when I haven't been following a well-balanced health protocol. Maybe you're anxious about a relationship. This is tricky because the relationship is two-sided, and you can only control your side. You do have control, though, over what you can bring to the relationship. Maybe it's more empathetic listening. Take, taking a minute to send a supportive text can help you feel calmer because you took action. Remember to think of the other person as an independent, free agent that you can't control. Can you savor the interactions that you have and feel gratitude for the time together that you do have instead of wishing there was more? Honestly, I can't get enough of my grandkids. They're pretty cute. And some days it's really hard to have them live so far away. When I'm feeling sad or anxious that I won't see them for a long time, I try to think of a way I can strengthen the relationship even while we're not together. That may look like a FaceTime call or writing a letter. Or the funnest one is to go shopping for a surprise to put in a package that I know they'll love receiving. Sometimes it's a particular situation that's vexing. I used to be terrified of flying on airplanes. It helped me to remember the value of flying, saving hours of uncomfortable driving, getting to visit faraway amazing places that would take weeks of travel to get to otherwise. I also read about safety and how there are far fewer deaths from air travel than your average driving on the roads. Then, when I was on the plane, I would try to practice being present with those with me or with a brain puzzle or game on my phone. Traveling with my children or grandkids also gives me the opportunity to look outward instead of inward, which helps alleviate my anxieties. If you're a parent, and want more in-depth help with your child's anxiety issues, you can check out a new type of therapy called SPACE. It's an acronym for Supportive Parenting for Anxious Childhood Emotions. SPACE teaches parents how to help their child develop options for working through anxiety instead of trying to avoid it. Parents who use this method had an 87% reduction of severe anxiety in their children. I guess the point of all of this is we can think of anxiety in a different way rather than trying to reject it or stop it. We can accept it and build on it. Does that sound familiar? Reframing anxiety as valuable feedback can help lower our stress around it. In one study, participants were told that the physiological symptoms of anxiety, things like a racing heart, sweaty palms, and shallow breathing, would help them perform the assigned task. The study participants, who were able to reframe their anxiety or accept their anxiety as something positive, consistently outperformed their control group counterparts this is one of the tricks i use when i'm directing theater a case of butterflies in the stomach and weak knees are generally part of the territory the first time an actor steps onto the stage i encourage the actor to remember that such feelings aren't necessarily negative i ask them to remember what they felt like as a young child laying awake in bed on Christmas Eve, trying desperately to fall asleep so Christmas morning and all the presents could happen already. The physical sensations are very similar to the nerves and actor experiences when they walk on a stage. This reframing as something positive to be anticipated instead of as fear or anxiety empowers the actor to step forward eagerly anticipating a reward instead of fearing a negative outcome. So back to our Olympians that we talked about in the previous episode, it's not that they are inured to nerves when they compete. They are instead able to harness those jittery, excited feelings that are inevitable when the stakes are high and a lot is riding on our performance. More research has shown that direct social support is highly effective at lowering our stress and therefore anxiety. In one study, participants went through a series of situations that were designed to increase their stress while their vital signs were being monitored. The participants that were allowed to hold the hand of a family member or friend while undergoing the trial showed markedly lower signs of physical stress, such as lower heart rate and lower blood pressure. So remember to literally reach out to someone who loves you when you need that extra comfort to calm your nerves and assuage your fears. A hug can go a long ways to alleviating our level of anxiousness. At the beginning of last week's episode, I promised we'd get back to what was at the root of the rising percentage of teens struggling with anxiety. Although social media appears to be the most likely culprit, it's not that simple. While some teens do react negatively to social media, others appear to be fine with a little scrolling. So if social media isn't solely to blame for the current epidemic of anxiety among our teens, what is? One study found that the teens who experienced more anxiety after scrolling through their friends' picture-perfect social media profiles were already overly invested in their social standing, meaning they had anxiety about their social standing, and were thus more adversely affected by the comparisons The social media itself wasn't the problem. It was the teen's perception of it and what they thought it meant to their value in life. This anxiety about not being adequate is compounded when teens who are feeling less than buffer by swiping and scrolling as an escape from feelings of anxiety instead of engaging proactively In their development. It could look something like this. A teen feels loneliness and a lack of connection. They may believe they're not capable of connected friendships or achieving high status among their peers. They feel discouraged, so they distract themselves from these anxious feelings of not belonging by scrolling social media instead of taking steps to build connection with others in real time. Instead of creating connection with others, the two-dimensional experience of being on social media only fuels the feelings of isolation and the belief that they are indeed alone. Their belief that they aren't valued or seen by others is validated by the increased negative feelings and the anxiety continues to spiral. This is tricky stuff. Anxiety is complicated, and there isn't one easy solution to the myriad of ways we can feel overwhelmed and anxious. The bottom line is that instead of trying to avoid unpleasant feelings, we're better served when we try to identify what's causing the negative feeling and then take steps to eliminate the true source of the discomfort. Only when we do this can we arrive at real relief Instead of wasting our time and energy, avoiding the root issue. Remember, anxiety, which is a form of fear, is an indication that there's a problem. It's a good thing to be informed of a problem. Only then can we address it and find a solution. When we dance around shadowy feelings of overwhelm and anxiety, instead of addressing their cause, it's like shopping to relieve your feelings of anxiety about your credit card debt. You may feel some short-term relief caused by the dopamine hit that you get from the high of shopping. But in the long run, you're only increasing the money that you'll have to pay when the bill comes due. And thus, you're really just increasing the real problem that's at the root of the anxious feelings. That's why it's so important that we learn to think of anxiety as a useful feeling that can help us understand what's really important to us. Only then, when we accept our anxiety, can we build on it. When we do this, we'll be more likely to find solutions and achieve the long-term future results we want. For example, with the isolated teen, the anxious feelings could help them recognize that they lack connection and then lead them to join a club with other like-minded teens. They may also invest time with a therapist who could help them develop strategies to build better relationships with their peers. If they could identify their anxious feelings as a call to action, they would motivate them to work on personal development so they'd have better people skills that would help them form the friendships and connections they desire. The Harvard Study of Adult Development is one of the longest-running and most comprehensive longitudinal studies ever conducted. They ask the participants a fundamental question, what leads to a healthy and happy life? And the answer is not how smart we are or how rich we are or how great our genetics are, And it wasn't living a life free of anxiety. So what does lead to a healthy and happy life? Drum roll, please. The answer is having a sense of purpose. And did you know that research has shown that just thinking about your purpose can elevate your mood and sense of well-being? Having a purpose is powerful, That's why it's so valuable to accept and build on the anxiety that we feel. When we can reframe our anxious feelings as something more positive, like persistence, anticipation, effort, and hope, these purposeful emotions lead us to action. Instead, Viewing anxiety as something that happens to you leads to a place of helplessness and with it its continually increasing feelings of anxiety contributes to a sense of victimhood. Instead can we find purpose even in your anxious moments? Can we welcome this uncomfortable feeling as an invitation to consider needed changes instead of treating it as a disease that needs to be stamped out and eradicated? Imagine a world devoid of all anxiety, anxiousness, or uncomfortable urgency. It would be lovely for a minute, then it would become boring. We'd stagnate and languish in an apathetic stillness. There'd be no achievements, no competitions, no Olympics, no growth. We need to be anxious at times in order to survive and even thrive. When we look at anxiety in this way, We can even find purpose in our anxious moments. So here's the play of the week. The next time you feel anxious about something, be present with it and accept that you're feeling an emotion that could be helpful in some way. And then ask yourself how you can build something positive from the anxiety by taking action to achieve the positive results you're anticipating and hoping for. Remember, when you're feeling anxious about something out there in the future to try and reframe the feeling of anxiety into something more positive like anticipation or curiosity that's it for the week thank you for listening thanks for sharing the podcast with others that you think it will benefit that's our goal we want everyone to succeed in life and the play theory game plans help do just that next week We'll have more ideas on how to increase your feeling of well-being. Till then, remember, happiness isn't something that happens to you. It's something that you make happen. So keep practicing. You got this.